Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I've known, and three things up for review this week. First up is a new original film, always love being able to say that. It is from Gareth Edwards who did Rogue One and is called The Creator. Next up is Gen V, which is a spin-off set in the world of The Boys from Amazon Prime. And finally, there's a new original movie on Apple TV Plus called Flora and Son. First up is a film called The Creator, and I thought this movie was great. I really enjoyed myself at it. You know, in terms of release dates, couldn't have been more timely, just given the conversations going around in Hollywood in particular, but in the wider zeitgeist about AI. You know, you've got the Writers Guild who just reached their tentative agreement. You've got SAG who's still on strike. AI is at the center of it. AI is also at the center of this film. And it's interesting because in this film takes place the near future and the West is particularly the United States have taken an aggressively like just zero tolerance AI stance and uh, the East and a lot of Southeast Asian countries are just very sort of live and let live in this world. You know, AI is not the sort of Skynet robot faceless type thing. AI, I don't know if AI is even the right phrase for this, but you know, the idea of sort of uh, synthetic life, uh, you know, the, the, the East is like, yeah, it's fine, you know, live and let live as long as nobody's getting hurt or as long as everything is, you know, consensual, all that stuff. Like, what's the problem with this? But meanwhile, the, the you know, the military industrial U.S. complex has taken a hardcore stance on it. And I love a movie that is willing to call out, you know, just the absurdities and the wastefulness and selfishness of war. And this movie was 100% willing to do that. Uh, so you've got John David Washington, who does play an American in this, and he has been recruited effectively to hunt down the creator. And the creator is this, you know, elusive, semi-mystical figure who is the architect of this super advanced AI slash, you know, synth life, etc. And as far as the Americans know, like it has developed a weapon that has the power to end this war, maybe mankind, who knows, and therefore, of course, they must have it. And so it's John David Washington on this journey. Gemma Chan plays his wife. You've got Ken Watanabe, who I know he has been in so many things, uh, you know, he's been actively working since, but I just always love seeing him on screen and I want more of him. Like, cast Ken in everything. You've got Allison Janney playing this hardcore American military, you know, general who, not to say that she's, I, I know she's an amazing actress, but it was just such an unexpected role for her. And I think she absolutely rocked it. It was so great. And then you've got newcomer Madeline Una Voiles playing one of these sort of like hybrid looking synths. Um, if you've seen, if you see the key art, the trailers, the posters, you know, you see these people who have these sort of like their necks and ears and stuff like that are, are basically kind of not missing, but they're just mechanical. Um, and the rest of them looks very human. She is playing a, a young, you know, version of these synths and she is such a good actress you know I they they talked extensively in a lot of the interviews and stuff about finding her and just lucking out and I was I was blown away by her performance like she outacted everyone in this movie except maybe Ken Watanabe but you know so either way it's I don't want to go too much into the details because I think the joy of the film was going on this journey the visuals are stunning I know that's not like the, but it's just this is one of those movies that I actually will say it is worth seeing on the big screen. And I, you know, I have an animation background. And so I know how these things are done. But some of the accomplishments in this film in terms of compositing in these, you know, robot characters who aren't there or, not, you know, not robot. It's, it's a question. Is this the Turing test? You know, are they robots? Are they human? Uh, going back to the sort of Star Trek Next Generation data trial, it reminds me of. But you have these characters who are purely mechanical and who are represented through purely CG who 
are comped into these scenes in just such a seamless way and hearing about you know they were talking about actually filming it and they had a very small crew and it wasn't uh you know it was very sort of run and gun it wasn't uh, you know everything on, on on super controlled rigs and setups and you know sort of clinically clean lighting and all these conditions no they did it sort of in the wild and so to be able to you know map in these characters and make them feel really real and interactive and also have these characters emote which is the thing I think that is the most impressive about it and the joys of something like animation where you know you have a faceless effectively like some of them are robot robots it doesn't have a face it's there's one that's like a giant pill can for a second and it emotes and I was just like oh this is good storytelling on multiple levels. You know, the meta larger story I really enjoyed. It's this sort of conversation that is in the zeitgeist now. It's this larger conversation about, you know, what is life? Who gets to decide what is life? I'd like to also point out, you know, the woes of war. There's also like a spiritual component to it. And then, you know, you have this sort of storytelling on these like little scene levels and the acting of it. And then just like the gorgeous, I'm so envious of all the trips they must have gotten to go on uh, or all the places they shot because it's just beautiful. You know, I also, for me personally, really liked seeing the East as like it, you know, it wasn't a mystical woo-woo spiritual embrace thing, but it was a very, you know, hey, we are not we are not the outsiders in this one. We are the ones who are being progressive. We are the ones who are being thoughtful and inclusive. Whereas, you know, before I think a lot of uh, Asian countries in particular, they're the bad guys in films, right? They're vilified. It's, it's you know, trying to counteract a lot of the, the historical representation. I, I don't even know if that's the intent behind it, but that is a byproduct of it. And that brought me great joy. And also getting to see like a bevy of different types types of Asian folks in the film you know you've got uh, extras who I'm gonna go ahead and assume are not necessarily actor actors being part of this you know also as these sort of synth robots I'm like how did you do this like oh my goodness like this must have been like how did you explain this to folks because I you know I'm also like oh my you know how did you accomplish this let alone explaining to somebody who has no experience with this being like okay so you don't have to do anything just look off into the distance and things will be fine anyway I really enjoyed the story you know Gareth Edwards who is the writer director and also Chris Weitz is the co-writer they were both on Rogue One which is one of my favorite Star Wars movies I'm not gonna lie there are a fair number of Rogue One-esque parallels in this that I found at least I don't know if it's as obvious but I was just like oh you know this reminds me of this other sci-fi story or this reminds me of this other classic movie or this you know so the film in that sense is original, but it's not the most original thing I've ever seen, just because I think, ironically, this creative team has trod on this territory a little bit, intentionally or unintentionally, and they're still grappling with it. But overall, you know, I have just felt this gap in original films like this, and so to get to see this big, gorgeous visual feast with great performances again Madeline Univoyles just blew me away ever like I said everyone is good in it but she blew me away it, it was just really nice to see something original so I highly encourage that you go see this I am going to give it a 4.2 out of 5 I'm going to take a quick break and be right back and I'm back the next thing I have is called Gen V, which takes place in the same universe as The Boys. And The Boys is one of my favorite shows on streaming right now. You know, you want to talk about vicious political commentary and humor while doing it. You know, the creator is not meant to be a comedy. And I, there's like a couple light moments that are fun in it. But uh, honestly, The Boys, in terms of 
you know, very messed up humor. I am all about it. So Gen V takes place in that universe. It takes place at uh, Godalkin, I think, or God U, which is basically a college for superheroes in this world. If you're not familiar with the conceit of the boys, I don't know if Gen V is where you start, but the boys takes place in a world where superheroes have been effectively engineered and are very, very, very controlled by this one mega corporation. And so, you know, everything is about ratings and, you know, how people are resonating and trending and all that stuff. In addition, to them being superheroes and I put that in quotes so I I you know I love that idea right like what if these mega corporations did or do run superheroes which is kind of which was 100% what would happen so Gen V takes place in this college that's basically a feeder for these later you know adulthood supers that they can monetize off of and I like the idea that you know they have different tracks one's actual crime fighting and one is like acting those are actually pretty much the tracks it seems like but the cast of it I think I don't I'm not familiar with most of them I think they did a great job you know there's the one of the leads is Jazz Sinclair and I have not seen her in other things I know she's in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina she's phenomenal she is just charismatic on screen and you know has this sort of naivete which is what her character is supposed to have and warmth but also hardness to her that I think is challenging to convey all in the scope of this you've got Lizzie Broadway Asa German Chance Pedromo London Thor Derek Liu Maddie Phillips Patrick Schwarzenegger who I was vaguely familiar with just because he's Patrick Schwarzenegger and his dad is Arnold Schwarzenegger and Mama Marie Driver. Anyway, uh, you've got Shelley Kahn and Sean Patrick Thomas, who I, no disrespect to Sean, I just didn't recognize him. You know, he looks great, but yeah, I was just like, oh yeah, Sean Patrick Thomas. Anyway, back to the overall conceit behind it. You know, I like the idea behind it. I think the challenge for me is that it wasn't as sharp as I feel like The Boys is. Like, The Boys is on it. The Boys knows exactly what it's trying to comment on. And I think Gen V is trying to do a few too many things at once, you know, because it is these sort of younger characters. There's a lot of stuff about uh, the dynamics of being in college and some of the pitfalls and, like, dangers of that. And I like that they are trying to address it. I just think some of the humor and some of the mastery of the characters and therefore the situations is a little lacking compared to the boys. You know, I think this show could hit its stride. I'm, I I hope they get another season because I am interested in seeing where the sort of mystery is going and it's a nice parallel to what's happening on the boys. But I didn't find it as funny. You know, it's still also gross out, which I don't have a problem with generally, but I didn't find it as compelling or necessary in this. Like there are some just horrifying things that happen in the boys, but I'm just like, oh, these are memorable because they, they were creative. This I'm like, oh, this is just kind of unpleasant for me. There are plenty of other people who are saying like this is even better than the boys. And if you think so, great, you know, more power to you. I think if you like the boys generally, you are going to like Gen V. I would say just temper your expectations a little bit. You know, it's, it's not found its own voice yet in a way that I think like it might need another season or two, whereas the boys just like hit the ground running and knew exactly what it was doing. But Overall, I still really enjoyed it. I think it's worth watching. If you are not into any of this, if you are grossed out by this stuff, if you do not, like, you know, do, do not enter into this world through Gen V. But if you think The Boys is for you and Gen V might be for you, watch The Boys first and then go back to Gen V because I think The Boys also sets up this universe and gives you really important key moments uh, th that are necessary in order for Gen V to really, really resonate. But it's on Amazon Prime. The first three episodes start come out on the 29th of September and then it'll be streaming one episode per week after that. The last thing I have this week is a new film on Apple TV Plus called Flora and Son. And 
This is from writer-director John Carney, who I'm a huge fan of. He did Once, which is one of my favorite films, with one of the best soundtracks, I would argue, of all time. Uh, that came out in 2007. He did Sing Street, which I think is a really cute, fun, sort of young teen uh, movie. I, it's actually one of the first films I got to professionally review, which was exciting. So, you know, if you tell me a new John Carney movie is coming out, I'm going to go watch it. Now, this one stars Eve Hewson, who, if you're not familiar with her, and also why she has musical ties, Eve Hewson is on Bad Sisters, which I think she's amazing in, she is also the daughter of Bono. So, you know, we've got a fair amount of uh, a musical, at least credibility, genetically. The actual singing is, is fine, it's whatever. But she is playing basically a single mom who is trying to figure out what to do with her rebellious teenage son. And I think a lot of uh, John Carney's stuff is, is, you know, about sort of this rebellious teenage Irish pent-upness but either way you know so she gets him a guitar and he is just not about it and so she decides to pick it up herself which hey no problem and so she starts taking online lessons from Joseph Gordon-Levitt like through Zoom basically and he's based in LA and she's based in Ireland and it just it's, I'm so sorry to, but I just it does it didn't work for me you know I could see a world in which it would have maybe been cute but there were just a few things that made it feel I, I, I don't know. It's just it's sort of almost trying too hard. My first note on it is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt looks like he's in, you know, an absolute like grade A top of the line camera studio when he's on Zoom. And I'm just like, come on, man. Like, this is not this is not how this works. Like, you could just make it look you could have filmed it on Zoom and saved money and like made it look more realistic. But it just took me out of it a bit. You know, uh, the way their characters interact and like the things they go through on it. I just, I couldn't buy it. And I don't know. Oh, you know what? Women are held to the standard all the time. So I'm just going to say it. I don't know if we were supposed to find Joseph Gordon-Levitt like attractive to her or just as a character in general. And if this had maybe been 500 Days of Summer, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like I think uh, back in that era, right? Like you needed it to be in that era, not that age. I think this would have worked a lot better. I don't think he works as a charming character necessarily anymore. This might be a personal hang-up of mine, you know. He might still have stands out there who, uh, you know, they're so excited for him. I couldn't see it anymore. I felt like the role required, uh, I don't know, more charisma and sex appeal than he was giving. And it just, it wasn't working for me. So that, that was one of the big inhibitors because, like, that's a big part of the story. And then the other factor is, you know, her, uh, uh, Eve Hilson's character, who's, Flora. Uh, her ex-husband is around. I guess he was also a musician at some point. A lot of musicians in this. Played by Jack Rayner, who I think does a great job in this, you know. But it was, I think this truly comes down to the Joseph Gordon-Levitt casting for me. And, you know, the kind of silliness of the conceit. But there's a world in which I could have been like, oh, this would have been cute. But it comes off as a little try-hard. And so I wasn't willing to excuse a lot of the absurdities, you know. We talk about this a lot in our roundtable episodes, but like, if characters have chemistry, you are willing to overlook a lot of things. But because this one takes place through Zoom, which doesn't mean you can't have chemistry through Zoom because I know couples who met in the pandemic that way. But if the characters don't have chemistry, everything starts to fall apart. And I don't know if they did, a, you know, a table read or, or could even do a table read or whatever it was or a chemistry read between them. But I just... I couldn't see it. And then, you know, I don't think Joseph Gordon-Levitt was that good in this, independent of, you know, his chemistry with Eve Hewson. And so, uh, you know, I don't want to blame him for this, but I think, like, he was miscast in this. And then the rest of it is 
you know, I'm sad to say it didn't click for me. It'll be on Apple TV Plus. So if you already have Apple TV Plus and want something in the background, I think that's fine. The other thing is, you know, usually I find the music of John Carney's films like really compelling. And for this one, it was it wasn't there for me. You know, it wasn't bad music, but I wasn't like, oh, this is the song. Like, I still actively listen to the soundtrack from once. It is one of my favorite, you know, things. I think the music is beautiful. Sing Street, it was, I don't listen to it still, but I just recall it being poppy and fun and engaging. This is just, again, it feels synthetic in a lot of ways. So not a strong recommend for me. You know, it wasn't terrible, but I just... I saw the elements that could be, and I saw what could have been, and that was almost more disappointing. So I'm going to give it a three out of five. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a five-star rating, a review, or even consider subscribing.